Good morning again, everyone, and thank you so much for checking back on the Truly Your VA LLC podcast um, Facebook page. We had some technical issues, and I, I'm not going to say that I'm glad that it happened, but you know, it just shows the true authenticity of two entrepreneurs who want to share what they are passionate about and they won't let technology stop them. So I wanna kind of start over again. And first, of course, introduce myself. My name is Janice and I am the podcast host with Truly Your BA LLC. We are not recording to the Facebook page since we had an issue, but we are recording to the cloud. And we will make sure, of course, that the video of this does get posted beneath um, or on my Facebook page, I should say. So I wanna welcome again, Aubrey McShan, who is the owner of The Copy Sloth. I said before that I absolutely love that name, very catchy. She is a blogger, email and copywriter and amazingly helps introverts such as myself, to market and grow their businesses. And I want to just start off again, first, of course, again, saying welcome. And you know, we both had technical issues this morning. Yeah. <laughs> My computer wouldn't let me log in. And then now Zoom is throwing a fit on your end. <laughs> I, you know, they're like, and like you said, before we started recording, there's a first time for everything. Um, and I do stand by what I say. I think there's authenticity to show, okay, you know, things got a little messed up. Oh, well, but here yeah. we are again. So you started your business probably at a time when things were a little crazy in the world. Yeah. Can you share with our audiences a little bit about that? Sure. I was let go suddenly from my job in May of 2020. And we, I don't even have to say the word pandemic. We all know it. We've all felt the burn. Um, and my business was just kind of a last ditch effort to try and make some income for, for myself and for my family. And um, it just kind of turned into a love affair. Um, I'm going to continue using that for some reason I woke up and I'm like, ah, I love affair anyway. <laughs> um, but it, it's truly, it's been a rewarding process. Um, what started out as like, a, a a thing out of desperation, you know, it really has transformed into a life changing, um, opportunity. And it's just so empowering to kind of be my own, you know, quote unquote boss. Everyone uses that, but, um, to me, it's not a buzzword. It's not a dream. Like I get to, you know, show up and, and practice my business and, and get better and help others. And, uh, you know, it's just been so rewarding. That is wonderful. And, you know, as you said, obviously in the height, when you started your business, the P word there, the pandemic was really kind of a obviously trying time for everyone, but specifically for, you know, people that had um, lost their jobs, you know, for, for instance, the, the parents that were, you know, used to being in a brick and mortar, and now they're working remotely, and, you know, maybe they have younger children, you know, in the online classes and whatnot, and, you know, then we started to hear a lot about Zoom fatigue, and there's just so much into that aspect of it we can chat about, 
But what I think is amazing as introverts, and I think I shared this when we were doing the live, I consider myself to be an introvert. And for instance, I know to, you know, my coach always says, you know, do Facebook lies. And I'm, I'm very hesitant about that, which is kind of ironic because I also have two other podcasts and the one with my sister, we're nearing 500 episodes. Wow. Yeah, which, which is amazing. <laughs> but for me to do it by myself is like, oh boy, it's really, <laughs> you know, I have to like, okay, you know, you can do this, you can do this, even after almost 500 episodes, you know, even with, you know, everything that I do. Um, what are some, I want to start out with some tips because I think that's really important for people who aren't introverts and maybe will also help people who have no problem with it, yeah. but you know, let's start there as well. Yeah. So I just want to get one thing out of the way, and this is a bullet I had to swallow just eventually. I, I was so just stubborn and I tried everything to get around it. Um, video is future. That's just, that's just the truth. You know, um, there, there have been several, um, social media sites that used to be the, for instance, the biggest one is Instagram. So they used to be a square photo sharing app, right? Mm -hmm. I think recently, like in the last three months, um, Adam, I always mess up his last name, but the, the, the president or the, the head of Instagram came out and just said that we're basically completely shifting our app away from that. We're no longer a square photo sharing app. We're going to video and you know, if you want to be on those platforms, which most of them are going that direction, you know, you have to kind of abide and appease the algorithm changes. And if you don't, you know, there's, you're basically wasting your time on these social media platforms. And I'm kind of going through that with my Instagram. My Instagram used to be my most active social media platform. And I'm, I just don't really want to invest the time that the team behind Instagram wants me to invest. Mm -hmm. um, I just, whenever you're just receiving, you know, this is a little off topic, but um, we can circle back to that if it comes up, but basically for video, um, video for introverts, it's inevitable. Um, the, the, that's the step one is like just acceptance, <laughs> kind of the, you know, the five stages of grief acceptance is like the first one you just have to Get around it, you know, and you have to find ways to kind of cope with it, I guess. Um, for me, I have just accepted another thing is, is my awkwardness. I say, um, I say like, um, it doesn't make you sound unintelligent. It doesn't make you sound unprofessional. I think those perceptions are the direct, um, are what directly harms, um, people who think that they can't go on video or on lives or, or do reels, um, because they don't want to sound less professional or they, they're, they're not quite matching up to the people that they follow. The number one thing that I can really stress is try to find people who are like you and follow them and see what they're doing. Maybe you can learn from and I, a lot of people go to coaches. A lot of people invest in like high expensive uh, ticket, you know, programs and stuff like that. This is something that you can do for free. This is something that you can do on your own. You just have to, when you're, if you're already spending all this time on Instagram, do a little bit of market research. 
um, do expand your network and, and try to find creators um, who really match you in either personality or maybe they have a similar business. Um, or maybe they just share your views and something that you're that you're passionate about. And if they do something that goes against what you were taught to be, you know, professional or intelligent or wh whatever you classify um, your quirks as, like or what you want to be, try to emulate and try to figure out the source of how they make make it work. Because that is a skill that if you know how to look at someone and go why do I like this creator? What, what are they doing right that I love or like, what are they doing wrong? You know, what don't I like? Um, you can really show up for your business in very powerful ways. Whenever you can harness and hone in that skill, um, you don't have to be perfect. You don't have to be a robot, you know, and I've chosen to step back from Instagram and it's not because I'm, you know, uh, everyone hears copy sloth and instantly goes, oh, well, you know, sloths are lazy. And I'm like, no, we're intentional. And I have chosen to look at my Instagram platform and just realize that I just don't have the energy for it, you know? And so I've, I've kind of shifted my business toward blogging and it's, it's, been thriving ever since. And so having that skill, I think is the number one thing to really harness. If you want to overcome any fears or if you're like me and you just don't have time to edit all of this video content, just go start with going live. You know, if, if it's a, if it's an energy or a lack thereof uh, issue, lives are one of the most low effort content that you can ever do. Um, but if you're willing to invest your time in, you know, editing or doing that stuff, reels might be your TikToks or YouTube videos might be your thing. Um, it just takes practice. And so you have to start somewhere. And I think every, a really easy way to start is just by accepting yourself, accepting your flaws and accepting that video is here to stay. You know, uh... I couldn't agree with you more that video is here to stay. And one of the reasons I will share with you, being an introvert, why I do the online live um, to my Facebook page is so that number one, obviously a lot of my clients um, need help with that. So I, I knew that I needed to really focus on how in the structure of how all that works. But uh, also to, you had also mentioned YouTube. Now I know with YouTube, for instance, um, and, and recently this past year, I learned how to edit videos, you know, put in, you know, different sound effects and this and that. And I got to tell you, I probably spent a good 30 to 40 hours just yeah. trying to figure that out. <laughs> and you know that was a lot of time, right? But I am slightly a little older, but not that that has anything to do with anything, but not being tech savvy enough to where somebody who is a little bit more tech savvy, oh yeah, edit, boo, 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 you know, just hit a few buttons. But I'm glad that I went through that because I learned something from it. And for instance, you know, being on YouTube, there's, you know, there's also Rumble, there's also BitChute, and now this new thing, which I stumbled across called Locals, mm -hmm. and not really too sure about Locals, but I do upload my videos to there as well. Again, not sure how all of that works, 
But I think you have to find something, as you said, find the people who are like you that you can, um, okay, they're doing this type of video and it's kind of the same area that uh, I work in, but what? how can I use my voice? How can I not, how can I stand out from that or do it differently, but stay true to myself, stay true to my voice and what I want to accomplish. And I think that's so important. So thank you so much for, yeah. for uh, sharing that. Get this out of the way. Sorry about that. That was my little morning drink. Uh, you know, I want to talk about copywriting, of course. Sure. Now, I think this is what I've chatted with, with, with other co-authors on different books, with other entrepreneurs. Copywriting, they seem to think is a lot like editing. And they're actually two separate and distinct things. Yeah. And, and I'd love for you as a professional blogger, an expert in the field to kind of explain all that for us. Yeah. So first, just kind of breaking all of this down to just get a clear understanding of what is copywriting and then what is editing and all of that stuff. So I, ca I classify writing in five you know, ways. And for me, an editing is part of writing. Like it's part of the writing process. You can't get, <laughs> you can't just skip editing. It's important. Um, so there's copywriting um, and I'll, I'll define what that is in just a second. So there's copywriting, there is content writing, there is um, creative writing. Then we go into the two types of editing, which is proofreading and what you can either call line editing or just editing in general. Um, and I, that, that, I classify it in that five categories just because they're all separate, but they're all unique. Like it, think of it like, you know, they're, they're five fingers on a hand. You, you can't get rid of any of them because they're attached to like one hand. That's a really weird example, but <laughs> um, yeah. So copywriting is more of that professional writing. Um, if you are doing like business writing or documents in terms of entrepreneurship, if you're, you know, writing a sales page, if you're writing a services page, a website page, that's all copywriting. So is if you're writing a brochure or a marketing pamphlet, that's copywriting. Um, content writing is like social media content or um, external um, client facing content. Um, copywriting might be client facing, but it's for the sole purpose of, of marketing your specific offers and services. Content is in terms of, uh, I guess, um, connecting with other people, networking, uh, expanding your reach online. And so that would be like your Instagram captions or um, Facebook posts or anything like that. Um, I consider my blog posts to be content writing, but a lot of people consider it to be copywriting. Um, it just is to kind of breaks down copywriter to copywriter and, and professional to professional. Um, and so, yeah, for, for me, copywriting is essential um, to every business owner. Even if you don't hire anyone, you really need to know your brand voice. And it all comes down to um, really understanding what you want what, how you want to sound, who you want to connect with, who don't you want to connect with. I think one thing that people skip in terms of copywriting or branding or anything like that 
is who don't you want to reach? Who don't you want to connect with? I think that's the most important thing to consider because you want to exclude people. Copywriting and marketing or or copy for marketing purposes, um, you want to exclude people because you don't want to talk to everyone, which is why copywriting is such an important thing to consider as an entrepreneur. Um, A lot of people I see, they perfect example, I'll use myself. Um, I won't pick on anyone <laughs> except for myself. Um, so whenever I started my business, I was actually a general VA because that's what I did in, in corporate. I was a writer, but I also, you know, had all this admin experience. And so I'm just like, I just need to start up a business and get going as soon as possible. Um, you know, so my website was, oh, here's all of the skills that I can do and I just want to attract literally anyone who wants to hire me. Well, that's kind of an incorrect way of going about writing your website. Um, and that's because I don't, I didn't want to work with everyone. And I didn't, I had to learn that lesson as I worked with clients that just didn't fit well with me and my, my processes and stuff like that. But you want to be able to exclude people because you don't want to talk to everyone. Now, does that mean that you don't want people to buy your product? No. Um, but whenever I, whatever, what I mean by you want to exclude people is basically you just want to talk to the right people. And a part of that journey to get like to who that is, you have to figure out who it is not including. So, um, thank you so much for explaining that. And I have to agree with your, your sentiments on that. You don't, you know, for instance, this past year, um, I've been rebranding, re-niching, you know, however we want to say that. And, you know, I did say this to my, my coach, I don't want to, I don't want to work with everybody. These are the things that I like to do, but I initially, and I freely, I state this very freely. I didn't want to do that. Yeah. Because it was like, well, what if this amazing client comes up, but maybe we're not, um, maybe we fit well and we work out and we work together well, but I'm not crazy about doing their work for whatever reason, then what's the point? So I started to ask those really hard questions to myself and it became very evident and that's, I guess, what I'm trying to say in a roundabout way where it clicked for me, <coughs> excuse me, and I love working on projects, whether that's, you know, social media, co- uh, content um, creation, content repurpose. Um, I'm the type of person like, you know, hey, here, you know, client gets me a whole bunch of papers, please just do something with this. And yeah. I instinctively know what to do. Yeah. So those, you know, that was a creative process, but Honestly, it took me, I freely admit it took me a while to get there. So thank you so much for sharing that. And I know that you work with, um, (laughs) excuse me, a lot of entrepreneurs who are introverts to help them to market and grow. When they hear the word branding, because I know when I first started in the online world, and definitely you can speak to this um, certainly better than I could, branding was terrifying (laughs) as it usually is (laughs) 
I admit it. I've probably gone through, um, and I'm a graphic design person. I'm, I'm very um, tech savvy. And so I've taught myself how to do like logos and all of that stuff. So um, one of my biggest downfalls is knowing how to do that because every time I get a fancy idea in my head or a concept of a brand, I run with it and I spend all this time in it. And then I realize it's not for me. It's taken me almost 18 months to come up with, you know, a, a solid brand for myself. And I think, and this might piss off a lot of branding specialists out there or anyone who listens, but, um, I have the philosophy of do what is the quickest. And that might scare people that might say, you know, people might say that that's the wrong way to approach business. Um, I, we already talked about like my story of how I got into business and it, it was out of desperation. I made a lot of mistakes. I spent so much time focusing on all of the wrong things. I just needed to get started. And you just said that branding was terrifying. A lot of people feel that way, including myself. Like I was, I was scared for a while. Cause I'm like, Oh my God, if I don't have the perfect brand, no one's going to be attracted to me and all this other stuff. Like we all just have to take a step back and just accept the level of commitment that we're able to give at the moment. Some people just don't have dozens and dozens of hours to devote to learning Photoshop or learning how to become a brand specialist overnight. People have children, people have, you know, family members to take care of. And those are real genuine commitments. And I think if you're going to start a business, it should be to complement your life, not to take it over. Right. And so part of having a business, you have to have a brand point blank period. You have to have a brand. However, if your brand starts with just a logo concept, if you, you know, if you're on Canva, which I don't recommend, you know, using a logo, um, on Canva for very long because you can't trademark it. It's, it's, it won't be yours. Um, but if you, if you're able to play around with Photoshop or play around with some fonts and that's your brand for just a couple of, you know, months or so, while you're getting client, uh, work going and you're, you're making money, the best business, in my opinion, is a profitable one. If you are, if you're spending all this time working in the background, you're not, you don't have time to connect and market and find people to work with. And so you're not going to be profitable. So for me, do make it as simple as possible. If you can't commit to a full brand overhaul, don't do that. You know, if, if your brand for right now is, you know, you're trying well, you already said the word uh, niche. Uh, so that's also another thing that a lot of people kind of pair up with brands like, oh, I don't know my niche. How can I have a brand if I don't know my niche? And that's my thing. I have probably niched down 12 times by now. <laughs> it's changed almost every single month until I finally, you know, just the copy sloth was born. Um, and the copy sloth was born at the beginning of this year. And I'm obsessed with it. I love it. And it makes sense. And it's very clear what that brand is, but it did take me almost 18 months to figure it out. So if for right now you want to, you know, make the most profit because you want to start a business and you want to get the practice in and you want to build up that really awesome portfolio and body of work, mm -hmm. commit to making, you know, a brand simple, 
Maybe it is just a logo. Maybe you're confused about what, who, who your ideal client is. Everything is fine. You don't need to hire a fancy coach at the beginning. You don't need these things. It can be as accessible and simple as possible. And so it could just be a logo. Branding is not just a logo, but that's what a brand expert is for. You can, as you grow and expand your business, you might be able to hire out or outsource some of these things that are, you know, making you confused. So instead of spending dozens and hundreds of hours trying to develop this brand, maybe, you know, instead of just, just come up with a logo concept, use that for the first couple of months. It might not be perfect, but that's okay. But at least you'll be infusing your business with cash and maybe you'll be able to save up enough money to work with someone who can help you with that. So. Yeah. And I think that's so important because I know a lot of my clients that I've had the privilege of working with, you know, it's ended up turning into, I added business coach to, to what I love to do because that's kind of what it turned into. And the best thing about, you know, coaching or, you know, giving advice, I should say, is that to your point, um, what I've said is, don't waste your time on different things that are not going to support you right now in your endeavors to get up and running. For instance, uh, you know, paying for uh, all sorts of different things when typically you can get like Canva or uh, Zoom or whatever it may be for, you can use that application, whoops, for free. Yeah. Like pay your money for things that, you know, maybe will will help you in the future. Or, you know, maybe your accountant has said, you know, you need to have the paid version of QuickBooks. Like like use your money wisely in order to invest in your business. Now, at some point you maybe need to upgrade like your Zoom. I had to upgrade my Zoom because of all the the podcasts that, that I do. Or <laughs> for instance, I use Canva all the time. I had to upgrade that. That's okay. I'm in a position to do that now, but don't think, oh my God, I have to have all these things in place. I have to pay for all this stuff before I start having clients come in. Yeah. Um, thank you for, of course. thank you for sharing that. Now, you know, one thing that I love about how I niche down I don't know how I figured this out, but I did. I was able to, <laughs> excuse me, create a website through Google Sites with the how I niche down the name that I want to use, Creative Project Ways. But the one thing that I'm trying to figure out now is how I, you know, change the coloring or how I change the font. And I'm working with that. And, you know, I even just recently looked back on it. Now, that was perfect, in my opinion a month or two ago, but now I'm like, nah, I don't like this. I don't like that. I want to change this. Um, But I'm still using it in a way where I can say, you know, if somebody's interested in my service, well, hey, this is what I have on my website. haven't published it yet, but I would love, you know, if I could share it with you, but just keep it as simple as possible. You don't have to have a fancy website, although at some point, it will be necessary for the type of business, but, you know, as you stated, just get it up and running. And that's, you know, obviously how I, what I did with my um, podcasts, it's something that I love to do. And my newest podcast, you know, was born out of um, uh, 
my son went through, through um, had a really rough time this past year. Um, he had suffered a life-threatening injury and it was on, and, you know, ideas and things come to you at the most unusual times, but it was on my way back from Philly to Connecticut. And he said something to me like, um, you have to remember to be creative and do what you love to do. But that's so true with every with everyday life. And then of course, the third podcast was born. So take those, I guess the big message here too, that I would love to share is, you know, to take those ideas and run with them, like have that vision. And for you, that was the same thing. You started your business because you initially lost your job. And, you know, I was right at the tail end. I had lost my job as a, um, a muscle health coach and a um, former licensed massage therapist and certified personal trainer. Um, but I was working out of a weight loss clinic and I was in the process of getting my business up and running. And I will add that I was dragging my feet, you know, if you want, the bottom line is if you want to get something done, you can real, truly get it done. But then yeah. I lost my job pandemic my uh unemployment had just run out and then I'm like oh shit you know yeah sorry. I need to get my <laughs> chate together and get this bit like really be serious about it serious enough where it's not work but it's enjoyable and you know we learn things al along the way I've made a lot of mistakes yeah same here like I'm connected with somebody. So just going kind of piggybacking off of branding. Um, the one thing I will say, if, if you are serious about starting your business and all that stuff, you need a brand. A skeleton is perfect. If, if again, if your brand is just a logo and brand colors right at this point at the gate, starting out, that's fine. Um, the reason why branding is so important is because I'm actually connected with somebody who's been all like, she, she used her unemployment money to start her business and she had a little bit in savings and she invested over a thousand dollars in a web designer who designed this beautiful website. <laughs> and she like two months later, after it was finished, she decided that she did no longer wanted to have that domain. She didn't like the brand colors and she didn't like the logo. And so a thousand dollars down the drain, just because she didn't have a brand identity. And so that's why I keep saying like, um, if you're just starting out perfect, that's wonderful. Skeletons the way to go. Um, bare bones. Um, you can always add the muscle, add the fat, add the veins, add the blood as you go. Um, again, this is a weird analogy, but this is just what I do. <laughs> but okay, like, it's you know, good though. It's yeah. It can grow as it can grow into an organic living, breathing brand as you go. And that's okay. Not a lot of people say that's okay, but I'm of the belief and I'm living proof that it's okay to kind of just go as it, like go about your business on the fly. It's okay. You don't need to have, you know, you don't need to wait 20 million hours because you don't know your, your final draft of your brand or your business. Like you won't know that likely in, until months and months and months, or maybe years into your business, you know, and, and shifts are okay. Re uh, like niching down in a different niche is fine. Um, it's just, you learn as you grow and, um, you know, to grow, you need to learn. So that is so true. And another question that I have for you as a blogger, 
you know, we've always heard so much about hashtags. You should always include hashtags. And I've done a lot of hashtag research, but yet I don't, it maybe it's because of the type of work that I do, maybe because I've now niched it, my work down um, dramatically. I don't see a lot of hashtags, like for instance, in people's posts or that type of thing. Do you use hashtags? And is there a real benefit to using a hashtag? So right now we're in this phase of where social media specifically, um, they're kind of moving away from hashtags because, um, and before I even go any further, I'm not saying to not use hashtags. They still have a purpose. Um, you no longer have to spam 30 irrelevant hashtags together to try to grow on, you know, say Instagram or Twitter, um, or even Facebook. Um, I, I read somewhere recently, I can't remember, I wish I could, but I just, for the life of me, I cannot, um, it might've even been a YouTube video where someone said, um, the less you use it, the better because Instagram is trying to become a search engine. Uh, or kind of as mo as much of a search engine as they can be. Because um, right now, if you type in, you know, content creation into their search bar, it's going to come up with more like those hashtags or users. It doesn't really necessarily pull up posts that have the words content creation in them. And that's what they're, I think, trying to shift to. Um, it, they keep mentioning that they're trying to become a more of a search engine like Pinterest. Um, or even Google. Um, so hashtags, they do still have a purpose. I would not recommend spending a whole bunch of time trying to figure out like the perfect hashtag sets. I think the days of hashtag sets are gone. Um, I personally only use anywhere between five to 10 on Instagram. The reason why hashtags are still important um, is because they act kind of as a filing system for, they, they categorize your content, but they won't grow your content, if that makes sense. Like people have to be intentional. If So per, per, like for instance, I post something to Instagram or Twitter and I use the hashtag like content creation. It's basically going to add my post to that hashtag but it's basically just filing it inside of that little folder. Like think of each hashtag as a folder. And if you click on specifically for Instagram, I don't know why I keep going and defaulting to Instagram, but I feel like a lot of people use it. Um, and so for Instagram, you have the ability to click on a hashtag and it takes you to the hashtag page where it has like the most popular posts on top. And then the most recent, if you scroll down towards um, the bottom and this is on desktop, um, I'm the only millennial who uses a desktop version of Instagram, but um, if you view you're on mobile, it also takes you to like the most popular and then the most recent. So it's kind of the same experience, but um, hashtags are a way to kind of tell Instagram what your content is about. It's no longer, it's no longer a way to kind of expect your accounts to grow. And I don't love that. I feel like hashtags, I, I, I don't love it or hate it because I, I kind of agree with, I'm, I'm in the camp of Instagram, the, the team behind Instagram and everyone else kind of moving away from hashtags. Cause even Twitter, 
they, even Twitter for a long time, it hasn't just been recently, but the more hashtags you use on Twitter, they'll flag your account as spam. And even Pinterest has, Pinterest is also a search engine um, first. It's not really a social media platform, um, but they've gotten rid of hashtags because it's just spammy. Not, it's kind of, a, it's kind of a double-edged sword in a way. So hashtags to grow your account is a really great tool if you know what they are supposed to be for. But a lot of people don't take the time to be that intentional. They don't know the purpose uh, behind hashtags. So that's where you get all of the, <laughs> the spam and people just mass flagging everything to these hashtags. And then you go on the pages and nothing is relevant. So I think that's the reason why everyone is kind of pushing away from hashtags um, because they're, they're tired of the spam. They want relevant content under all of these tags. And so I think it's a good push. I just think that it completely changes the algorithm again, and it's just confusing and yeah. Yeah. You know, I have to agree with you on, on the hashtag thing. I've seen that more and more. And, um, I have a client who is a postpartum doula who loves to use hashtags. So, you know, I, and I totally respect that. And we always have a discussion about the hashtags, you know, would you like to include them? Would you not like to include them? How do you want to change them? Um, so that's, you know, we're definitely on the same page with hashtags. Aubrey, where can um, clients and viewers get a hold of you? So my website is thecopysloth.com. There's uh, no like dashes or anything. It's just thecopysloth.com. Um, that's probably the best way to get in contact with me. I the, One of the other benefits to blogging is people can go on my blog and if they like what they read, they can always contact me through my contact page. Um, I'm very active on Twitter and Pinterest. Um, not these, these days, I'm not quite as active on Instagram, but I'm still kind of present there. Um, but Pinterest, Twitter are my two most active um, social media places. And then my website, uh, I have a lot of content up um, about, you know, uh, marketing for introverts specifically. Um, but other than that, it's like all about social media, email marketing and all of that stuff. And so if that sounds good to you, you can just head on over to thecopysloth.com, read what you need and contact me if you would like to work together. That's wonderful. You know, I want to thank you so much for taking the time, even with all of our technical <laughs> difficulties, we had such an amazing conversation and I hope that you will definitely consider coming back to truly. Oh, VA. absolutely. Oh, wonderful. So, you know, folks, there's, there's always a way, even when you're an introvert, even when you have those computer glitches as I did today, but I'm going to blame that one on Aubrey because it started with her normally. <laughs> I accept the blame. It's all right. <laughs> I want to thank you all for being here today. And, you know, just take this information, absorb it and know that, you know, you have a copywriter here, you have a VA here, you know, definitely reach out to Aubrey. She's so knowledgeable, um, so amazing to chat with, so easy to talk with. And it's been my pleasure having you on. This is uh, Truly Your VA podcast with Janice. Thank you all so much for being here today. Come back soon. Bye for now. Bye.